You get what you pay for. In most cases. Welcome to the Poultry Homestead Podcast. How you doing today? I am on my Tuesday, which is my Monday for the most part. Hope you people had a totally awesome weekend. I hope your Monday was good. I hope your Tuesday is shaping up to be an awesome day. And I hope you have way too many chickens. You know, there was a... Statistically, I was kind of reading an article yesterday on Hoover's Hatchery website. I get a weekly email from them. You can sign up to get one. It's a pretty pretty laid down, easy, uh, easy format at Hoover's Hatchery out of Rudd, Iowa. But um, I got my weekly email yesterday and they said that most households that have chickens have three to four chickens. Now let that sink in for a minute. So that means most of you that are listening have three to four chickens. Gosh, I really almost want to call bullshit on that, but I don't have any analytics or facts to back that up. Because I know when we get chickens, it seems to compound. Right? Isn't that right? I mean, yeah, sometimes you'll get half a dozen or whatever. Next thing you know, you're swimming in the damn things when you walk out the door. But that's all right. I mean, being a chicken addict is, is kind of, it's good. It's good. I like it. Um, Instagram, my heavens, you folks are totally awesome. Uh, I have gained probably, oh my heavens, 50 Insta buddies in the last here week or so. So welcome. Everybody welcome. Welcome to the Poultry Homestead podcast. Uh, any of you want to be interviewed, I'd love to interview you. Uh, there is, however, I, I think I can do it on Zoom from the tablet. And then I'll just set my phone next to the tablet and hit record and then have myself on speakerphone. The, the sound quality might be might not be good, but the, uh, the content that I could get from interviewing one of you people would be wonderful. So anyways, the opening quote was, you get what you pay for, and that today brings me to our topic. My wife and I, we tend to uh, move every now and then. Uh, we've moved a few times in, the, in our marriage here. Uh, we had a really nice property um, to begin with, a 20-acre property which would have made a great homestead. We were, uh, we were building and compounding everything. Uh, decided to do more uh, adventurous things with our, our daughter or our family, things like that. Uh, and we wanted to move to Oregon to do a lot of this. So we ended up selling our property and uh, we bought another property about ooh, close to a year later in Oregon. Uh, when we, when we sold our property, we used a realtor, we used a really good realtor, 
when we bought our property in Oregon, we used a realtor. And when we sold our property in Oregon and bought our property in Minnesota, we used a realtor on all ends. Since then, we have bought and sold several places, uh, all with the use of a realtor. I am not a realtor, okay? Fact is, I, uh, I don't know if a realty company would ever hire me because I am not smart enough. But anyway, hear me out here. The reason we use a realtor for all these property sales is because they streamline the sale, first of all. Uh, you know, they make sure that all your T's are crossed and your I's are dotted because you don't want to sell a place by owner and have to go back six months later and get your ass handed to you in that sale, okay? And it can happen. Secondly, the reason we use a realtor is because when we sell, we get top dollar, and when we buy, my wife has a very good eye for property, so we know if we're getting value or not. And we are very particular about what we buy, okay? So, when we sell though, you, you will get the most for your property if you use a realtor. And when you buy, they will find you exactly what you are looking for. So my suggestion is before you meet a realtor, write down the absolute details of the property that you want. You know what I mean? That way it makes it easy for them to show you properties, right? And when you go to sell, Ask them what you should do. You know what I mean? You can set the price for them. They won't. You can set your own price. It's not like the realtor needs to do that for you. You can set your own price and they will sometimes suggest that you set it higher so that you get the most value out of your property and they just streamline it. I know one person that bought a property from a private person that was not using a realtor. This person, for a small fee, hired a realtor for a small percentage of the, of the sale. <coughs> Excuse me. They hired a realtor to take care of the, 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 the criticals, the, the critical items and the sale. You know what I mean? So they were able to buy this property and everything was done. Every, all the loops and hoops were jumped through by that person. So instead of spending your precious time down at the courthouse, up at the county offices, down at the city, all this bullshit, you can just hire a realtor, one and done. Um, you will occasionally have to run in and sign things and do addendums, but nowadays the way they're doing things, I mean, they just send them to you on your phone and you sign them over your phone online. And it works out pretty easy. So the value of using a realtor is pretty awesome. And I just wanted to throw it out there that using a realtor to buy your homesteading property and to sell your former homesteading property 
might be a good idea. Just because of all the unknowns, you know? And, uh, you know, most of you that are uh, homesteading, you're not of the lazy type. And uh, the reason my wife and I have been moving so much, you know, I mean, we're not lazy at all, but uh, we're getting good at moving and we're also getting good at minimalizing and throwing the stuff we don't need. But we just keep trying to prove upon these properties and then we're trying to up-level our property every time we sell a place or every time we're looking for a new place or anything like that. I mean, it's kind of almost a retirement plan for you, you know? You're, you're sitting on this huge asset, not liability, and you're making your property a bigger asset as you go. So that, people, is why we use realtors. By the way, if there is a realtor listening to this podcast and you would like to be interviewed because the good people of the Poultry Homestead Nation really need to know what to look for in new homesteading properties and what they can expect while looking at this current time that we are having. You know, the housing market is getting pretty crazy, which is hard to believe after the housing crisis uh, 10 years ago, or is it 12 years ago? It doesn't matter. But uh, one thing I will tell you folks is it is important to know that if you are going to buy something, make sure you are getting value of it. Okay? I mean, it's not an auction. You're not, you're not trying to outbid someone. You're trying to get value. Okay? So just keep that in mind here. Because uh, property sales and property buying is a very particular task. But a lot of times a realtor can help you if you find a good realtor and a relationship with one that has listened to your needs and will cater to that. But anyway, that's about the end of the about the end of that segment. Had a couple things to discuss about our weekend. Um, one thing that we did as a family is we decided that I needed a new chicken gate, which you probably heard on my last podcast. So what I did is down at the old Farmer Danny's, you know, I got some construction lumber from him and then I bought a, or I didn't buy, I got a bunch of free pallets. And I cut up a pallet, made a total panty dropper gate into each chicken pen. And there's a possibility a third one will be made if I ever do have to separate some birds. But uh, it's working out good. I mean, real good. So I'm really liking the gates. Uh, I'll try to put some pictures on Instagram for you folks, just showing you the the gates going into the pen. They're real nice. Um, Luckily, our our chickens aren't really trying to fly out much because we have a four-foot-high fence all the way around it. But I think 
you know, if they do, we're just going to have to clip their wings. No big deal. Usually, like, uh, black sex lynx or black ostrilaps, they like to uh, fly out of your pen a lot because they're kind of flighty. But it is what it is. You know, no big. Anyway, uh, did that this weekend. Uh, trying to make some waste-free feeders for the chicks and the quail. Uh, the quail one works okay. It's uh, pretty good. I mean, you find a little bit of dust on the ground after they're done, but it's not as bad as it once was. Uh, the one for the uh, chicks, though, I, I bought the one in the store. It's kind of got a mason jar on top, and then you tip it upside down. It's got a bunch of holes they eat out of. Well, they're, they're putting that shit all over their brooder, and I'm kind of pissed off about that. Uh, so that's getting upsetting, but what I'm doing is I'm trying to put it either in a beer flat or in a uh, the bottom part parcel of a uh, uh, ice cream pail because we go through about an ice cream pail every week and a half, two weeks. So um, that's working out, but um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, uh, another thing is, is I uh, moved the tomato plants over to some containers in beer flats. I just double bagged the deer flats and I uh, got some cottage cheese containers and peanut butter containers and containers and containers and containers. And I moved the, the plants over to those so their root structure would be able to expand quite a bit into those. And then that way on their next move they will be going into the garden here in a few weeks. Um, that garden, I'm going to have to get going on that shit. But um, uh, the garden, you know, it'll be all right. Uh, one thing, though, I, I, I'm, I try not to say too much negative stuff on the podcast, but I do need to tell you uh, a couple things. Part of it's going to be venting on my part. The other part's going to be uh, wisdom that I share with you. So anyway, we got these two cats. Okay. The big story when we got the cats, you know, because we have a horse farm, is that they were going to be outdoor cats. Well, guess what? They're indoor cats now. You know why? Because they got sick. Fuck me running. So anyway, they got sick. Now they're indoors. I didn't want indoor cats, but we got them. And uh, for some reason, I got hounded into uh, cleaning the cat box once in a while, and I have no idea. I didn't even want the frickin' things. But my wife and daughter are attached to them, and they're great pets for them, whatever. You know, they, they get a lot of, I don't know, they just pet them. The cats do nothing. Anyways, they throw up all over. I mean, well, not all over. I mean, the one throws up a couple times a week. And, yeah. But anyway, yesterday I did all the transplant planting. Got them where they needed to go, so I had to set the pool ladder up in front of the window so I could get more plants up there because the plants are obviously taking up more room because they've grown more. Okay, no big deal. We can do this. Life is good. So I get the shit set up. Well, anyway, the cats decided that I didn't need jalapeno peppers or these other kind of cayenne peppers or something that we really had nicely started. My wife beautifully put these in this starter seed thing 
and they're starting to grow and they're doing totally awesome and I was really excited about it. I was going to be transferring them into different containers next week. I was all fired up about it. Well, the cats decided we didn't need to be fired up about it and they spilled the fuckers onto the plant, onto our brand new dehumidifier. Uh, and it was wet and I'm pissed and I was just plain about as upset as you could get about it yesterday. You know, when, I mean, I understand when you farm there's a lot of sorrow and there's a lot of uh, just shit happens. But um, the cats really pissed me off at that point. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I was so upset at that moment, I really thought about, you know, getting out my lightsaber and making things right. But, you know, then next thing you know, my my beautiful kid is sitting there cuddling with the thing and, and she really enjoys its company, so I don't know. You just gotta take the good with the bad sometimes, I guess. And that's part of homesteading. I mean, I see chicken people all the time that love their chickens free range and they go in the garden and screw it all up. <laughs> Not this freaking guy. Not a chance. Of course, uh, I don't know if you know this about me or not, but I'm not afraid to piss pound a few posts into the ground and put a fence around something. Uh, it's kind of a good idea not to be too lazy to do shit like that if you don't want your stuff ruined. But the cat thing, I don't know how I could have legitimately prevented it because of the, uh, because of the sunlight in the basement. And I don't really have anything that would guard it because cats are pretty damn crafty, if you know what I mean. So, I guess I'll just be pissed off about it, and uh, tonight when I get home, I'm going to try to save a couple pepper plants. God, I hope I can, because uh, I'm a kind of, I'm a spicy guy. I like my peppers. But anyway, that's about all I really got for that today. Like I said, on the realtor thing, research it. Use your realtors, and if you're a realtor, I'd like to connect with you and interview you. Ziggy underscore 519 at yahoo.com. The good people of the Poultry Homestead Nation really do need to hear and get some sound advice in the property buying because uh, all of us homesteaders, uh, we need a place to grow our shit and uh, we need some chickens and we need a city that lets you have chickens. That's what I say. Anyway, uh, Hook up on Instagram, hook up on, uh, you know, the internet, whatever, interweb, message me, uh, ask me to be your buddy, whatever. I don't post on there much, but, you know, life's still good. Uh, talk to you all later. I appreciate everything. Have a good week. Anyway, have a good one. <laughs>